you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. All right. It is another episode of Open Bar Talk Podcast, the uh, dopest uh, bartending podcast in the streets. Uh, you can find this podcast wherever you download them. So be it iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, underneath your car, wherever you get podcasts where you can find this one. Uh, make sure you rate and review and subscribe. That is how people find out about this show. Uh, if you want to find us, we are at openbartalk at gmail.com. You can go on Instagram, find us at openbartalk. Uh, if you're wondering who I am, I'm Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search. I make branding super easy for you. So that being said, you know, uh, I'm going to introduce our guest here. I'm very excited to have her on. She has an amazing dog uh, that I got to see. And again, I am pro dog. And if you don't have a dog, please get one. Uh, she has a great dog. Uh, and then she'll talk a little bit about that, hopefully. Uh, but Kalisha, how are you today? Kalisha Allen, thanks for coming Hi. through. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, pleasure to have you here on the show. Um, and, you know, again, we are very excited to have another bartender to talk about the life and times uh, from behind the bar. So, uh, you know, like I say, we just uh, let's jump into it. Um, how did you get into the world of bartending? Talk to us. Okay. So I was working for this two story restaurant and I started off as a hostess, making no money. I turned 20 where I was able to serve. So I started serving, but I was like, I'm still not making that much money. Oh, look, they're bartending. That's so cool. Making the drinks and stuff. And I remember trying to do everything to get behind the bar. I was like, I'll cut your fruit for you. Mm -hmm. I'll use your, your, your fruit mixes, whatever you need. And, um, when I turned 21, they finally gave me a chance because I had been working at this place since I was like 18. Okay. So that's how I got behind the bar. Now and this was a. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say this was a Tex-Mex restaurant. Um, so we did a lot of margaritas. It was the first thing I learned how to make. Now, was this was this here in the city? Did you did you start in New York? No, no, this was in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, where the whole Brianna Taylor stuff went down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some perspective <laughs> to give you to give you an idea that this impacts everywhere around us, and they should still arrest those cops uh, and convict them. Uh, but that is a very different uh, podcast, but important to bring up nonetheless. Um, so, <laughs> so you started in Louisville. Um, you were working at a Tex-Mex joint, um, and. What what do you remember about the first time you were behind the bar? Like, were you nervous? Were you like, I've already been working at a bar? Like, I've been in the environment, so I feel ready to do it. Like, what what was that like at the beginning? Um, I definitely feel like I was nervous. It's almost being like you're. It's almost being in a fish tank. Mm. Everyone's there to see you. You're on stage. You're on display. 
when you're a server, you're just kind of like running around the mm-hmm. the chaos. But when you're behind the bar, you're in a controlled chaos where everyone's watching you. Right. And they also expect you to be the best of the best. So interesting. You know, yeah. it's, it's funny because, you know, I've, in having done this show uh, a number of times, I've certainly asked the question of like, what's your first, what is it like the beginning? And I've definitely heard folks say like, you know, there are, uh, I, some folks took the approach of like, well, I told them that I was new and a lot of people cut me slack. So it's interesting to hear that you were like, I got to be a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. I know there were people who would, I'm familiar with that. People will be like, I'm new with this. I'm new with this. But I don't know. I've never been that way. I've always tried to like be the best that right. I can. So I would never say that. <laughs> the bar. That is. At least at the beginning. At least at the beginning. You know. Right, right. So. So you started off, and so you're in Louisville. Um, what is like? Uh, I mean, you bartended there, and then you bartended here in the city. Um, what? Uh, what's? What is it like? I mean, what are the differences, similarities? Oh my gosh! So my bartending experiences have been all completely different. The um, first place I worked at as a bartender, it was the Tex Mex place. And we had 99 cent margarita Mondays, which, and it was a two-story restaurant with outdoor seating because it was like on the Ohio River. Mm -hmm. So that brought in the best of the best, if you know (laughs) what I mean. I I do. (laughs) Um, uh, Through working there, I met a lady who worked at this really nice upscale steakhouse, which was actually like the best restaurant to work in in Louisville, Kentucky. So I went from this two-story chaos of madness to a professional setting where you like take classes on bourbon and gin and wine pairing and interesting. Like yeah, like it went like completely upscale, getting like dressed up to like the tea wearing, you know, all black hair, nails, makeup done every day. And then um, from there, I moved to New York, bartending at a um, nightclub, Jay-Z Sports Lounge 4040. Mm. So, yeah. So all those places are completely different. Interesting. So what would you say, what is your, uh, where's your favorite, what's your favorite place to work? Or what do you enjoy uh, out of all of them? Okay. Um, the first place I enjoyed because I was able to make like as many mistakes as I needed to become the best without having to feel a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And also um, learning a lot of skills that I needed to put myself in these nicer places. The right. second place I worked at, I really appreciated that place because I made a lot of money and I got <laughs> to learn a lot, you know. Um, and the third place I worked, and it also paid my way to be able to move to New York, working at the the um, restaurant in Kentucky. And then the third place I worked at, well, I appreciated that place because at that point in time, like I could focus on the other stuff I wanted to do and just kind of go there, zone out, make my drinks and leave. You know, like there wasn't 
a lot of expectations as far as like you need to learn this, you need to learn that, because essentially it already learned everything. Right. Yeah. So you were so it's kind of like as the uh, as the universe kind of dictated, it was like you were in the position you needed to be where you were. Sounds like. Yeah. Now, uh, so so you were working at the forty forty club, which you know I. Uh, Truth be told, I am uh, of a certain age where I remember when that opened and I was like, we were all like, this is like, you know, Jay-Z from Marcy Projects. Now he has a bar. Uh, So this one is going to (laughs) particularly, this will particularly hit home for me as a uh, hip hop head. Um, But uh, tell it, talk a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? What was it like working there? You know, it was, it was interesting. I, I, I gotta say, um, it was always very, um, I learned a lot more about black culture and music in that place. You know, like there were always DJs mm-hmm. everywhere. There were always, um, different celebrities coming in and out hosting events. So it was just always a party. And okay. as a bartender, it was like, we got to be a part of it. So that That's- was really fun. But it was also really, really busy at times. Like I could be sitting there doing nothing. And then the next thing I know, that entire, you know, when you walk in that big bar, Mm -hmm. it's just all full of people. Within a matter of seconds, it feels like. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Now, now you were saying that there was like, like, do you have any of those like, like parties that were hosted and events and anything like that? You were like, this is one of those events. This is one of these moments where I feel like, or like when you move to New York city and you're like, this would never happen anywhere else, but here, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do you, uh, what were, what were some of those events? Do you remember any of them? Um, I would say new year's Eve, 2017 going mm-hmm. into 2018. I would say like that was, it was just such a big year and um, the party was just so big and there was like so many people Um, and I was so busy and I made the most money I've ever made there. And I was like, wow. And it was also that um, summer is when I had moved to New York. So for me, I was just like, whoa, I cannot believe I am here working at Jay-Z's nightclub bar, whatever you want to call it bartending on new year's eve at this crazy party now where who are do you see any celebs walking around you know honestly behind the bar it was really hard right because a lot of times they would go to the room or they would be in sections and like i said like the place is either not busy or popping Right. And when it was popping, I was, you know, deep in the bar stuff. So I, I never really got a chance to be like, oh, there's such and such. You know, I would just hear the aftermath, you know, this person was in the room, the weekend was in the room, I like, you know, like whoever. Mm-hmm. That's that. And that makes sense, actually, as I'm thinking about it, of just like when you are a celeb, do you like wait behind the like are you like excuse me can i get a drink like there's someone who does that for you yeah you know what i mean and then depending on what people order 
sometimes that kind of signal who was there. Like for Jay-Z, if I'm not mistaken, he really liked drinking frozen um, mango smoothie. So on like a dead of a night when nobody's there, but like there's someone working upstairs in a room mm-hmm. and they come down and they're like, I need the most perfect mango smoothie ever. I know that that's probably Jay-Z. No so shit. Stuff like that would happen. Oh, that's, you know, that's funny. It's funny you say that because it's like, when like I like my bartending friends, um, they will not know people's names, but know them by drink. So like I'll be sitting at the bar with them, and they'll be like, "Oh, that's whiskey soda over there." I'm like, "No, but who is he?" Like, "No, no, no, that guy. I I don't know his name. I just know that that is whiskey soda." So it's uh, it's funny to hear that uh, Jay Z is a mango smoothie, or the most perfect mango smoothie ever. Well, I think that was just the server's way of being like, you know, don't mess this up. And I get that. I would do the same thing if I was in their shoes. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. And and also to your point too is like, yeah, the time to fuck that up is not then. Not that there is ever a time to fuck up a drink, but right, you know, absolutely. Mm-mm. You don't uh you don't want to put extra mango. I don't know how mango smoothie I don't know what parts of mango smoothie is, but I know that like make sure it's balanced correctly. Absolutely. It has a really nice blend to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, so where did so where did you work? Did you were you anywhere after the forty forty club? Um, I worked at this restaurant called Noho Star, but they closed down for like a little bit but this was before 44 i was kind of doing both at the same time but then mm-hmm. this place closed down so i went strictly to 4040 gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. now you so let me ask you a question so what are some of the moments that you remember throughout your 10 years of bartending where you're just like this is the wildest night i cannot believe this is happening you know, be it a drunk regular or just like, whoa, this is the party that went left. Like, what are what are those times? Okay, so going back to the first place I worked at, I think that Margarita Mondays were the craziest times because there was a park next across the street and it was sort of like in the urban community really close to um, the project Mm -hmm. so it would bring in people who would leave their kids at the park and they would come in and get wasted at the bar drinking 99 cent margaritas (laughs) not tipping just yeah and it was just it was complete chaos like people would fight each other they would refuse to pay the server they would make all these demands. I want a pineapple, strawberry, mango, margarita. Just like, it was, it was absolute chaos. And it was so busy. It was two stories of chaos and 99-cent margaritas. Which, as you, I mean, earlier when you were talking about it, like, as you proposed the idea of 99-cent margaritas, that just doesn't, that that sounds like a good idea on paper. However, in practice, 
I can't see it. It so bad to where the veterans out there working there a certain period of time would be like, I'm not working Margarita Mondays anymore. So the new people would have to. That was like their initiation. Like if you can get through a 99-cent Margarita Monday and and as a hall, then you can work here. That's like the, the baptism of fire is, uh, is Margarita yeah. Mondays. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Our, we had a carryout area, and almost every night she would come over to the bartenders and be like, I have these two kids. They've been crying in our carryout area for X amount of time because <laughs> they can't find their parents. We talked to the servers to see if they've seen them, like stuff like that. So you were essentially, so this place was also operating as a daycare as yeah. well. As well as a bar. Bar, daycare. Which, you which, you know, again, I'm certainly not one. Who, I've never worked in daycare. However, I'm pretty sure that alcohol is not allowed on the premises for a, uh, for a daycare. I don't think that's, yeah. that's not mm-hmm. how that's supposed to work. I think it was a, a voluntary daycare. Mm. <laughs> 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 With like, and I I get the idea too that like there had to have been the word as just like yo, we don't need to really pay for a babysitter because we can just leave them in the lobby and we can go get right and then we can come outside. Which oof, I uh, I I feel I you got it. Yeah, yeah that that sounds like not. That sounds good for the parent, I guess, but not good for the child or you. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't sit well. Now, do you like? Uh, I have to ask, like, when? Because uh, I I'm having this visual of the parents or the kids in the lobby crying, and then someone going over the intercom being like, "Excuse me, is the parent of so and so? Are you here? If so." <laughs> come come i i don't how do you i don't even know how you would even like make that announcement i guess is where i'm like Uh, excuse me you know we have a a child here in a red t-shirt blue jeans and nike flip-flops you know i will ask them their name you know and they're like shonda is shonda and you know if they know the you know more information we would try to we would try our best to to find out who they are. Nine times out of ten, they were always at the bar. So <laughs> that was the one good thing. I, I have they to take leave. Directly at the bar. You, the, the way you said that was just such matter of fact and certainty of just like 90% of the time, we know, we know where you are. This isn't, you're not just having <laughs> dinner, right? No. You, <laughs> this yeah. this wasn't this this was this was by uh uh it's not hard to find you right so exactly so now with those nights or is, is there any of those that really stick out of just like you know you were bartending like for example like were, were you were bartending and someone's just like yo i'm not paying you like straight up like that yeah that would happen with me, I think with my demeanor, I've, I always try to stay on top of everything. So if they're not paying me, that's because they're being unreasonable. 
And that didn't happen too much, but Mm -hmm. with other people, depending on their temperament, yes, people will walk out all the time. Like if you did not stay on top of your table, that the day was just terrible. You know, like people wouldn't pay a $20 food bill. And I'm here in New York and I'm like, man, I would appreciate a $20 tab, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. it was bad. Yeah, people didn't want to pay. People's cards wouldn't go through. The, um, yeah. The, it now, now I, I'm thinking of the old classic, just like, oh, well, uh, I, try and run it again. Give it, give it. Oh, yeah, run it again. I'm going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll be right mm-hmm. back while you do that. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry about All the right, car. I didn't get that. I like, I didn't get that margarita. That was on such and such bill. I only oh. had one. The other one I got, I got from the bar. Like, someone else gave this to me. Like, everything that you could think about, it was people tried. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, when you say that, <laughs> it's funny when you're like, I could like make the mistakes I needed to make at the job. I feel like as you're saying this, I'm like, yeah. Doesn't seem like a whole lot. This is anybody. Anybody can do whatever the fuck they want. Oh, right! It was the free for all. That that's. Um, mm, you didn't. It, it makes you a better bartender, right? Like that's got to be. It how, does. It definitely prepared me for the for the chaos in my my next journey at my other place that I bartend as a the high end steakhouse. So. So then you know, let's get into that. Like, do you have any, like, I don't know if we'll necessarily yes. go on. Tell us more. Tell me more. So are you familiar with the Kentucky Derby? I am familiar with the Kentucky Derby, mint juleps and all that. Well, this particular um, restaurant had a, um, had a horse, like a jockey. I'm sorry. So like it was real. we were really big into the Derby. We had a lot of VIP guests that would come in, mm-hmm. um, celebrities as well. And Derby, after I remember this one year, I think it was 2015, and um, the, the favorite one, and I was behind the bar, and I had this swarm of people come to the bar, like six feet. And unlike my other place where they're asking about margaritas and whatnot, these people are like, can I have an old fat, two old fashioned, a gin martini, a vodka martini, a glass of champagne, like the worst. So uh, I'm like, really, it's crazy. So, and then it was sort of like a horseshoe bar. Okay. We yeah. Were behind the horseshoe. And there was live music behind us. And by the end of the night, everyone was wasted. <laughs> and this was the type of place where it was mostly regular. So you know the people in there. So it wasn't like, hey, you're acting crazy. Get out. It right. was like, you're acting crazy. You please mm-hmm. kind of calm down like that situation. So I'm bartending and it's dying down a little bit. And I look over to my, um, my right. And there was this couple in the booth. There were two couples and they were, um, 
one couple was making out and okay. getting fingered. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, like the guy took a shrimp and rubbed, <sighs> put it in cocktail sauce, rubbed the cocktail sauce over his lady's neck and was just sucking on her neck. So there was just a lot of X-rated stuff going on. Oh, her friend um, was dancing so hard, she took off her shoes and she cut her foot and it was bleeding. And I happened to look on the ground and I was like, why is there blood on the ground? And one of the cocktail servers was like, this lady cut her foot a few hours ago, but she refuses to put her shoes back on. She's just drunk. I was like, oh my gosh. So it got to a point where it just made me uncomfortable. And I ended up coming from behind the bar and taking the woman outside because she was just drunk. You know, like she had, she needed help. So I ended up mm. cleaning up her foot and banding, banding, ugh, I can't speak, bandage it, band, I can't speak. Bandaging? Putting a bandage on it, bandaging on it, yeah, thank you. I'm here. Holy so, shit, man. That. Which, like, I have to say, uh, at the beginning, when, you know, this sounds like this would happen at the Ratchet Margarita spot. Like all of like not that but like it was wealthy people. <laughs> it is the wet like if you were to ratchet. wealthy ratchet, sophista ratchet, if you will. So this was a real turn uh in the events here that I was like, What? I, not that not that rich people don't do uh clearly deplorable shit, but right. of on the Kentucky Derby of all days. Um right. So now, so these were, were these regulars that like the, the couples that were in the booth that the one that went at it, yeah. the one who busted their foot open. So, yeah, they were regulars. So then you couldn't necessarily like, so how did you like when you bandaged her foot, were you like, all right, uh, get back out there. Like, or was it like, you got to go home? Like, how did you handle that? Honestly, when I sat her down, it was more like she appreciated the fact that someone was helping her. Like she was okay. just so messed up that she couldn't find it in her to do it herself. Right. Um, so she was like, thank you. And then I, she put her shoes back on. Oof. So I don't know. There, like, I feel like in those sort of situations too, where it's like, there's a certain I feel like there's certain people who like when that happens they just go all right time for me to go home right like I cut my foot I'm bleeding maybe it's time for me to leave but then there's others who are just like thank you and I'm gonna keep I'm just gonna keep on drinking it's like should you um right yeah is this maybe this is nature's way of saying let's dial it in let's reel it let's pull it back so, so now, now that like, we've kind of like dove into this world of like the high end debauchery, like, was there more of the, I mean, I can't assume there was like that. It didn't stop here. Like, was there other times you were like, wow, these rich motherfuckers do not know how to behave. Oh yes. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. I, that like that doesn't it doesn't shock me necessarily um as much as i'm just like 
how because i've never like been at a sophisticated place and watched that debauchery because i've only been to like the ratchet margarita spots like i'm like a card carrying member like i know what that looks like i mean i've I've never skipped a tab and i never will i ever however i have been in those situations and been like wow we are acting like fucking fools right now so to to hear the other side uh act like that is very very interesting to me now Um, now what well what about the 40 40 club because i mean you would think right because there is very high end there but was there that level of debauchery I feel like because there were bouncers there Mm. that they were able to um, kind of manage the temperament of the floor a lot better. Mm -hmm. There were times where there were fights and different things like that, but a lot of times that took place outside of the bar. I feel like there was one time where two people got into it, but the bouncer was right there behind them to you know, to kick them both out. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, look, as much as Jay-Z has a place in my heart, I would think also that, yeah, you're probably going to need some security. It's Mm -hmm. Jay-Z. Life is... There were no nonsense there. Oh, I believe that. I believe that uh, 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 the level of fucking around is nil. Um, and in fact, if uh, we actually we had a, a bouncer on the podcast who and I'm going to be mad at myself if I fuck this up, but I feel like he was a bounce. He was a bouncer, but he was at the 4040 Club, not as a bouncer. Right. He was just hanging out. And like there was like the uh, the New York Jets were there and like the Jets, like offensive line. They got in a fight with the bouncing staff, like the entire staff. Like it was a mess. I don't know if it was when you were working there necessarily, maybe it was a little bit before your time, but believe me, um, that, that those stories check out. Now, you know, it's interesting though, that I would think that the, the ratchet, the ratchet margarita spot would have bouncers. No, like they didn't have security. We ended up getting security. Like we had one lady, she was a, a real police officer. Okay. Yeah. But just and her. Just her. Mm. Yeah, one lady. And clearly did not do much. Didn't didn't put a dent in the in the fights or even like child services. I would think she might have a direct call. You know, it's just crazy because like at the end of your service it shouldn't be a, I'm gonna go and grab the police officer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're there to have a good time and drink, but the fact that it's escalated to this point is is beyond me. It I yeah, beyond me as well. As, as you know, I I have to say, uh, Kalisha, you've definitely, your career, like as a bartender, you've seen very different, like you were saying, there's such different worlds uh, from Ratchet Margaritas to to Jay-Z's Posh Nightclub, you know? Now, let me ask you, what is like the one thing that you feel like you've learned from 
your career as a bartender? Like, what would you say is the one thing you've learned? And it could be anything. Like, this is very open-ended. It doesn't have to be like about bartending necessarily, but it could just be life in general. What would you, what would you say that is? The one thing I've learned? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I would say the one thing I've learned is how to make people feel special and hurt. Yeah. Behind the bar. You know, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting you say that because I think like, and I think that, that idea, like the idea of like making sure people are heard and that they feel important I think if that theory, now I'm not saying this would solve all problems from behind the bar, but I would venture to say that there are definitely situations where if you were just, if this person just felt like they were listened to, that that situation can go very different than where it is, than where it is, if, if this makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like then if, on slow nights, when your regulars come in, you're talking to your friends, you know, it's like, it's not even a job. Right. Just an environment of socialization and booze. You know, I have to say, I mean, this is kind of the inspiration behind this podcast is this may come as a shock to you, but I have been that regular that across many bars in New York City. Um, So like, yeah, it definitely does feel like I'm just hanging out with my friends uh, on those slow nights. Um, And also uh, even on like those busy nights, like I know that like I'm not going to get served. Like, because it's like, yo, man, you got to like, you, you've, you've reaped the benefits of the slow nights, but it's busy as fuck, dude. So you just got to hang. And of course, as a regular, you understand that's, that's how that works, you know, but just what it is. So listen, uh, Kalisha, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, It's I didn't think I was going to start. I didn't think we were going to start at ratified uh margaritas and then get towards one of my favorite rappers of all time but that's that's how that's how the world works and that's how this podcast works so again thank you thank you for sharing your story um now thanks for having me of course of course now we have we have two more segments we need to get into right we have our next segment which is uh five questions for a bartender okay now, these are questions that we ask each one of our guests who comes on the show. And, you know, as I was saying before, and for new listeners, think of this as like inside the actor studio for bartenders. Uh, I'm not clever enough to come up with a catchy, like, you know, introspective, like, name for this segment. It's just five questions for the guest. It's just how I do this, right? So let's, uh, let's get into it. All right. So our first question what is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? What is the one thing they think life is for you that just not the case? Um, I think that bartending has been very glamorized to the Mm. point to where everyone's like, I can be a bartender. I can be a bartender. You know, it's not that hard. Oh, I learned how to make a Cosmo so I can be a bartender. But like, it's a lot of work. You not all. You not only have to have people skills, but you have to be a multitasking master mm-hmm. and good at making drinks. Right. So, 
I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, inter- it's funny because like when you're, I feel like when you are a bartender that's on that level, you have all those drinks in your head, but you're also having a conversation at the same time. Like, yeah, you're like, what do I need to do next? What do I need to prepare for next? Uh, and, you know, a lot of these places too, they were uh, selling food. And in the upscale steakhouse, a lot of these things were coursed out. So they would want a particular wine with their steak and size, and then they will want the dessert menu. So it's just a lot. All right. So uh, question number two, what is the biggest tip that you've received as a bartender in one, one sitting? In one sitting? Yeah. I would say $1,200. No, 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 $3,000. I, all right. (laughs) I have to say that, as I've said at the beginning of the show, that every story is different. I legit have to say that is the most amount of money uh, that I've heard thrown out here, which I would probably cry if uh, that happened to me. But good on you. Good on you. Thank you. So... And well-earned, by the way, because you sound like you're on top of your shit. I want to say you sound you are on top of your shit, and you deserve that because you give the service that is required uh, when you go to a bar. So salute to you for that. Mm-hmm. All right. You. Now, number three, what's your pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing you do not want folks to do when you are behind the bar? Um, ooh. I would say, touch me, or, or go, ah, or whistle at me, or make some type of nonverbal mm. command. Yeah, that was a bit, a big uh, pet peeve of mine. God damn. Like, I usually hear, I've heard, like, tap the uh, credit card on the bar, but touch me? Yo, man, y'all motherfuckers need to stop putting your hands on people. Don't touch yeah. Don't do that. Words work. All right. So you heard it here, the Open Bar Talk podcast. Don't touch your bartender, please. Thank you. All right. Uh, Question number four. All right. If you owned a bar, what would you name it? Oh, my gosh. I had a perfect name for this. Let me try to remember it. Um, Matra. Is what I would name it. Matra? Some type of some type of mantra. Okay. I have the perfect one and I it's not coming to me right now. So And that is there's therein lies the magic of podcasting is that that can we can <laughs> I can work with this because this is not the first time I've edited before. Um but we'll put it in the liner notes. Uh all right. Question number five. What is your favorite drink? What do you like to have? It can My be favorite not, drink is, yeah. is a margarita. I, a good I, margarita. I didn't think that you were going to say that, given the storied history of Margarita Mondays. I know, you would say, but I love margaritas. Tequila. See... I'm, I'm, that was a turn. That was a plot twist. I didn't think was going to come in the story. So, 
Um, there it is. All right. Well, listen, those are our. Oh, an espresso martini. An espresso martini. Yeah. Interesting that it, and those are two very, I feel like I have memories of both of those and I'm like, wow, two different spaces, uh, where those live for me. All right. So those are our five questions for our guest. All right. And now we are going to get into our final segment of the show, which is, uh, what were you drinking now? I have a very messy Facebook and Twitter timeline folks uh, so much so that I am under the impression that people who post these things are drunk when they write it because no sober person would volunteer the information in this capacity. So, Kalisha, you have uh, been a bartender for some time. You have seen people drunk off of a variety of uh, alcohols. So it is up to you to bring your expertise into this to help us here at the show diagnose what do you think they were drinking when they wrote this okay so are you are you ready i'm ready all right here we go <clears throat> watch out for cheryl she's going around robbing people who helped her out if you know who she is pass this around what do you think they were drinking when they wrote that? Was this a male or a female? This is, is a it woman. A, it's a, this is a, a woman? Yeah. Watch it. She was definitely drinking. She's probably like three vodka sodas in, I vodka. would say. Mm, okay. So she's still vodka. It's light enough to that she's still ready to fight but in her feelings enough to call Cheryl out in this capacity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like, yes. Thank you again. This is, <laughs> this is why we came to you for this. You, you bring a skill set here that is important to help us get to what this person was drinking when they wrote this shit about Cheryl. So this, this makes sense to me. Um, so, you know, that is, that is our segment. Uh, what were you drinking? Uh, again, thank you, Kalisha, uh, for coming through and, uh, hanging out with us for, for some time. Tell us about your story. Um, you know, do you have uh, any social media you want to plug before, before we get out of here? Oh, I do have a IG. Okay. It's Kalisha Allen, but with one A in the middle. So Kalisha and those Alicia with an A is Alan. That makes any sense. It and I'll it, it'll be in the liner too. So folks, if you want to follow her, uh, you can do that. Uh, please do so. Uh, you know, again, thank you so much for hanging with us. Uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, you know, if you are uh, if you want to download this podcast, you can do that uh, anywhere you find podcasts: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, underneath your car, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. That is very important. That is how people find out about this show. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com and openbartalk on Instagram is a place to find the show. If you want to find me, I am at Jim Search uh, on all social media. Uh, JimSearchComedy.com is another good place to uh, find my jokes and shit like that. Uh, and again, thank you so much for hanging. Uh, this has been such a ride. Uh, make sure you put a water between each drink and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.